Welcome to the Taproom Success Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing you with all the tools you need to build a successful taproom business. I'm Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO, and a numbers guy, and I've been working in the beer business for over 20 years. And I'm Andrew Copeland. I'm dedicated to helping taprooms create more memorable and profitable experiences, committed to connecting people within our industry to grow stronger together, and get excited about chasing my son Max around the playground. And we'll be your host. The Taproom Success Podcast will provide you with the data, resources, and support you need to manage and grow your taproom business. Each episode of the podcast will help you achieve taproom success in the areas of marketing, food service, finances, e-commerce, software systems, business strategy, and more. In future episodes, we'll dig in on topics including how to build a connection with guests during even the shortest interactions, keys to building customer relationships, upsell techniques, creating a positive company culture, financial taproom controls, financial reports to track your taproom performance, key metrics tracking systems, and how to build your sales growth model. In addition to the podcast, we have created the Taproom Success Membership. This is your opportunity to access a community of taproom managers and owners, countless hours of on-demand content, and monthly sessions with industry experts on the topics that matter most to you. To learn more, visit taproomsuccess.com. Are you ready to learn proven, profitable, and actionable strategies to implement in your taproom business right away? Okay, let's go. Andrew, it is great to see you again. We are recording here in August. It is summer. How's your summer going so far? Well, first off, that's the first time I've realized it's actually August right now. I don't know where the summer has gone. I do have to say, you know, I was expecting a more relaxed summer. There's always something going on. There's always something going on. I've been enjoying visiting different tap rooms and breweries. Our small little town here in New Hampshire has a fairly new brewery. So I've been enjoying getting out and enjoying some uh, beers. And what do you love most there. about that new brewery, Carrie? I love that it's right down the street, honestly. It's like three minutes from my house. The guys that run it are fantastic. They're open to doing different things. Like, you know, we're trying to drum up new business. So we're doing, you know, a cornhole league on Thursday night. So sign up and come in and you know, it's just a lot of fun. And I've met a lot of new people that way. I think that's maybe one of the things we forget about going to tap rooms. It's such a great place to meet new people who might eventually become your friends. hundred percent. So did you give them the idea for the cornhole league? Yeah. Me and a friend of mine, we would play because honestly, we would just kind of get together at his house or my house or at the field in town. And we said, well, why don't we do it here? You know, that'll be like, you know, we want to play. We love to drink beer. We want to support the new tap room. And the uh, the owners were like, yeah, let's do it. And it's I think it's been really, really great for them and great for us. Well, that's a win for everyone. You know, it got you engaged with them. They listened to your feedback and now they have you spending more money. Like what? Once a week, once every couple of weeks. It's a it's a win win. It's once a week. It's every Thursday night. It's in a traditionally sort of slower day for them. So I, I'm hopeful it will help them. And yeah, we'll have a, have a great place to go play. Well, I'm excited to play next time I'm up in New Hampshire with you. That's awesome. So, hey, Andrew, today we're going to talk about motivation, right? So I think for taproom managers and owners, uh, motivation is a big deal, like trying to get staff to buy into maybe some of the things that we're trying to do. So there's different ways to go about this, but in, I guess in your experience, in your opinion, like how do managers and owners typically motivate their employees? Yeah, a really great question. I love the concept of motivation. I think in the industry, often managers and owners kind of take it for granted that people are just getting paid to work in a brewery and, and that's enough. 
but I think we always need to excite our teams and get them wanting to become more engaged and care about the brand even more because it's really going to benefit everyone. It's going to benefit leadership. It's going to benefit the guests. And more importantly, it's going to keep that team member just happier to be there if they're just connecting and just feeling appreciated on a higher level. And I think often, Carrie, I'm guilty of it too. I, I put ways to motivate in three main buckets. I talk a lot about rewards. I talk a lot about recognition and I talk a lot about opportunity. You know, rewards is when you do a to-go beer contest and you give the winner a $50 gift card, just some sort of reward based off some sort of contest. Recognition is when you, you know, have a team meeting and you say, Carrie sold the most to-go beer this month. And you just recognize them either publicly or maybe even you know, in an email that goes out to just the staff or opportunity when you reward someone, I use reward because you are rewarding them with an opportunity, but you're giving them the opportunity to get maybe Cicerone certified, go to a brewery conference, you know, something that's going to better their career. And, you know, for all these types of motivation, it's pretty much one off. You can say, hey, you achieve this, you get that. You do this, you get to go to that. It's just not continual. It's just more so one-off focus is contest-based, and that's what we seem to do most of the time, and it can be really rewarding, but it can also be a little frustrating sometimes. So, Carrie, let's say you're the rock star at that brand new tap room. If each month you're selling the most to-go beer, I'm probably going to get a little demotivated because I'm not having the opportunity to hit the same levels as you, and I find, like I said, myself included, these are three of the methods of motivation that I preach. But I also think there are better ways to kind of get staff to buy in a little bit more and to be better motivated. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because people are motivated by different things, right? That's an obvious statement. But sometimes we do a one-size-fits-all where it's just rewards, just that gift card. And maybe some people like it and other people really don't care about it. So I like the way you've sort of broken into the three buckets because you're going to, more likely than not, you know, you're expanding your opportunity to find what's going to motivate. So if somebody's not necessarily motivated by a reward, but they are by an opportunity to improve, or if somebody's not necessarily motivated by an opportunity, maybe it's recognition that they're looking for. So these are hitting sort of, I think, at the core of human behaviors, and it's and it's sort of touching each of those parts. So it's really, I think it's a strategic way to think about motivation and making it part of, you know, your your business plan or your or your management style or your ownership style is really how can you connect with people in such a way that you know you're giving them what they ultimately you know are looking for so that they can feel better because you're right i don't think you know people do come because they get paid um but they're going to stay because you know they they love their supervisor they love the place they love the mission uh, they feel they feel like they're making a difference right so those are all different different ways to do it so i think i think those are cool Love it. No, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, as I mentioned, those are the buckets I talk a lot about. But recently, I've been diving deeper into the world of motivation because it truly does fascinate me. And I read a really neat Harvard Business Review article called The Power of Small Wins. And I want to share a quote that I read from that article. And in that article, they take the argument that progress is the greatest motivator, you know, a better motivator than rewards, a better motivator than recognition, a better motivator than opportunity. People want to see forward movement, and that alone can be the greatest motivator. And what they quote, this is a quote from that article, they say, of all the things that can boost emotions, motivated, motivation and perceptions during a workday, the single most important is making progress in meaningful work. And the more frequently people experience that sense of progress, the more likely they are to be creatively productive in the long run. 
whether they're trying to solve a major scientific mystery or simply produce a high quality product or service. Everyday progress, even a small win, can make all the difference in how they feel formed. No, I think, and I, I think it, it makes so much sense because we all like to see something move in a positive direction. I mean, Carrie, I imagine for you, you know, if you're having a day and you're just knocking out task after task after task, you're going to be feeling great. You're going to be even more motivated to move forward. You might not even need that reward of getting there, but you just see that you're getting stuff done. And that in itself is very motivating. Yeah, it absolutely is. And that's a good point. And I think it's, uh, that's probably often overlooked is like how to recognize that that's important, you know, that people do want to see progress personally, professionally, you know, making it, it does, I think, tie back to really making a difference too, right? So forward movement, progress, making a difference. And you mentioned meaningful work. So I think that's, that's important as well as giving people tasks that they view as, as meaningful. And let's face it, not everything's going to be meaningful. There's things you just have to do. Um, but but I like I like that adding that into the bucket of you know just being aware of and purposeful about you know focusing on progress. So do you have any examples of how that might work? Have you seen? Anything? Yeah, I'll give an example almost like from my childhood because while we're talking about progress as a motivator, I think it can be really important to visually show this progress. Like think back to maybe when you were in school where your kids were in school and they were having some sort of fundraiser at the school to raise money for whatever it was, local SPCA or just some sort of, you know, renovation for the gym, whatever it may be. They had this like big thermometer that someone scribbled on a poster board, taped it to the wall. And each day it rose a little bit as you saw it climb. And everybody got really excited because everybody was working towards that common goal of, you know, raising money for the dogs, you know, having that new gym renovation, whatever it may be. Everybody bought in and checked it every single day because they were seeing it rise and rise and rise. And it's almost like, Carrie, I know you like to work out. Like, you know, if you go to the gym and you see your name like on the leaderboard of most active members or just hitting whatever goal it may be, you're going to get pumped for that. It's going to motivate you to work more because, you're seeing that progress. You're seeing that your work is resulting in some sort of success. And I, I think visualizing that is really important. And we talk about the rewards, recognition, and opportunity. We're not really visualizing it. It's more so, hey, if you're the top person at doing whatever we're going to talk about today, then you're going to get this prize. I don't think doing that is necessarily reinforcing habits in the long term it's like hey we're going to have a sprint we're going to get to the finish line and you did a great job but are you going to keep doing that habit probably not but if you initiate some sort of campaign where it's towards continual progress and like you know think taproom for example at tap rooms across the country there's probably some full-time employees and there's probably the people who work two days a week if you say whoever sells the most says who sells 100 crawlers first is going to get a prize. Well, obviously, it's a little biased towards the person who's working 40 hours versus the person working, you know, eight hours a week. So it can be demotivating for the people. One thing I like about, you know, visualizing progress and using it as a motivator, you can individualize it. And what I mean by that is you can say, okay, you know, Carrie, here's your goal, sell 100 crawlers. We're going to chart it on that silly little thermometer. And when you get to that mark, you're going to get a prize. Or you can do it even team-based. If the team base is like, hey, everybody, we're going to sell this many pints on a Friday night if we hit that goal or when we hit a certain level, everybody's going to get the reward. Everybody's going to see it climb over time. And I think that can be really motivating. Yeah, I like that. 
And I, I was wondering if we were going to get through a whole podcast without talking about like KPIs and scorecards, but now you've got me thinking about it. I like the thermometer. I mean, that's, you know, everybody can kind of get it. All right, it's so simple and yeah. silly, but it's visualizing progress. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to do. So do you see that? All right. So we, so it sounds like we may have four buckets, right? Four buckets. Of We've got rewards, recognition, opportunity, and progress and sort of demonstrating. I like how you said sort of visualize and then individualize it as well. Because I do think that it's important. And it goes back to another, like, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. I mean, it's just so true. But, you know, if it's there in front of them, the thermometer's there or the KPI or the scoreboard and they can see it, um, it really puts it front and center. So you come in, oh, there it is. That's what we're focused on. Do you see that? And, you know, this style of motivation, you know, having a greater long-term impact for, for tap rooms? Well, another thing we always talk about, habits. And I think this can help reinforce habits a lot better. As I mentioned, those one-off competitions can achieve a certain result pretty quickly and kind of reinforce that behavior right away, but not reinforce it for long term. So I think when you're doing progress over an extended period of time, making the goal a little bit more in the distant future, where it's more so win at your own pace instead of competing against someone else, I think when you do that, it can really ingrain these habits a little bit better. So I, I do think ultimately it can be a better reinforcer of these habits you want to train your staff on. Yeah, I love that. So I guess f- folks are listening now like, all right, you know, motivation, I get it. You know, train, you know, recruiting people and training them and, you know, keeping them around and motivating them to do the things that sometimes they might otherwise not want to do. You know, there's there's the less glamorous parts of the job. Um, what should people that are listening, what are these what should they do right now with this information? Yeah, I've got a few action items. So, Terry, you, you love KPIs. Tell me some taproom metric that you think is important we can base this off of. Pick one, oh, anyone. I'm going to come back to my my standard. It's got to be like average ring per customer. Okay, so let's say we're gonna, we want to see improvements on average ring per customer. And so we got to pick that metric. Then we want to decide whether you want to motivate your staff by having them band together towards the common goal or work at their own pace. Let's pretend we're going to do this as a team. Right now, let's see, we're seeing the average ring per customer, say 22 bucks. Let's say we want to get 27 bucks. And so that's the goal. You've got the metric. You want to see improvement. Then you want to print out some sort of like fundraiser-esque but beery thermometer to track the progress. So perhaps, you know, each day, I'm almost imagining this more like a chart versus a thermometer in this example, but it's still visual. You know, let's say on Tuesday, the average ring is 20 bucks. The average ring on Wednesday is 21 bucks. You want to see that forward progress to get towards that common goal of whatever I said, 27 bucks. It may be per average spend, but you want to track it over time so people can visually see the progress that we're making and let everybody know, you know, when we hit this as team when we together can see the average tab consistently to be at 27 bucks then we're all going to get some sort of reward i i think that can be motivating because it you know it causes that teamwork towards that common goal then there's that reward you're all going to get when you get there but the mm-hmm. visualization i think is key yeah oh i think that's great and yeah you could take any any of the popular taproom kpis that we talk about all the time and do that same thing i like the graph idea because that's you know day over day you can kind of see what's happening we lose that I mean, we've got point of sale systems that can do amazing things, but sometimes there's, you know, there's really no substitute, just a good old fashioned, you know, I don't know, hand-drawn graph where you, you know, each day you're, you're writing it in. Well, I think this is also an opportunity to educate your team on all these metrics. You know, they might come in and just do their job and might not even think about the average spin. They're just dealing with one customer at a time. But when you kind of 
talk to them about the value in this, the benefit that they'll see and get them excited about participating, it benefits everybody, you know, yeah. from the guests to the ownership and everyone in between. Yeah, it's a virtuous, virtuous cycle in a virtuous circle. I love that. All right, Andrew, this has been some great stuff on motivation using rewards, recognition, opportunity, and progress, visualize and individualize. So folks listening want to learn more about how to achieve success in your taproom. You can check out our community of taproom owners and operators at taproomsuccess.com. We do twice a month meetings. We do one as a networking meeting where we come together and mastermind. And our other is we bring in a monthly expert to talk about topics that are specific to tap rooms, whether that's operations, uh, whether it's finances, marketing, all that good stuff. So it's really awesome to bring people together and share ideas and, and learn from one another. So if you want to check Something that tells out. tells me we might dive into some of these motivation strategies at the next one to see what's working for everybody. Do a little I, research in. I love it. I love it. So thanks everybody for listening. If you want to learn more, go to taproomsuccess.com. Thank you for listening to the Taproom Success Podcast. The only podcast dedicated to providing you with all the tools you need to build a successful taproom business. To learn more about the Taproom Success membership and how you can join our community of taproom professionals, please visit taproomsuccess.com.